The Incomparable Number 218 November 2014 Hey everybody, welcome back to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell, and we're here to talk about the fall TV season. We like to do this every year. This was actually one of our very first episodes that we did. I've assembled a group of people who watch television shows and may have comments about new shows and returning shows. And hopefully what you'll get out of this is some ideas about shows you might want to watch and also shows you might want to point at and laugh. Uh, Joining me to talk about the fall TV season are these fine people. Monty Ashley is there. Hi, Monty. Hi, Jason. I've been watching television constantly. Yes. Well, you you are somebody who writes about television as one of the things that you do sometimes. I do. I write about television at previously.tv. That's right. That's very exciting. Lisa Schmeiser is also here. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Nice to be here. Are you writing about television somewhere right now? I just turned in my first blog post for The Atlantic, so if they like it, I'm hoping to parlay it. Yeah. they have to like it first, um, but if anybody's looking for somebody to write about TV, please consider me. All right, excellent. And you you are also recapping Sons of Anarchy on the TV podcast. Yeah, Philip Moselak and I are doing the flashcast for Sons of Anarchy this year. I love it when you do a podcast with uh, people named Philip M. So <laughs> it's not which, all confusing. <laughs> Philip Michaels is also here. Hello, Philip Michaels. Hello, it's great to be here on TV Talk Machine. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Wait <laughs> what? Thank you for that cross-promotion that we will pick up on later. Uh, yes, uh, do, are you writing about television for outlets at this point? Yes, I'm also writing about previously. I, I'm also writing for previously TV, um, where I, I, I hasten to say I'm the second best previously.tv writer on this podcast. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Dan Morin also here. Hi, Dan. I'm watching TV right now. You're, but, <laughs> but not writing about it. Surely I, not I, writing about if, it. I mean, hell, if someone wants to pay me to write about television, I have a lot of opinions. All right, fair Don't enough. Nuts. <laughs> so, so if Lisa turns down your offer, then go to Dan Morin is what we're saying. <laughs> and also David J. Lore is here because he's on every podcast. Hi, David. Wait a second. That's Hello me. There. I, <laughs> Dan's on every other podcast. Son David. of a... <laughs> yeah. I've I've got all kinds of shows to point at and laugh at, but uh, some of them are even comedies. Uh-huh. So that's, that's a good sign. So uh, that's that's our panel. We're going to talk about the fall uh, stuff, and we should talk about new shows first. Um, I am going to throw out a show first, uh, and this is not a draft. We're going to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. I thought no, I would it's mention- all a draft. Always a draft. Uh, wait, wait. <laughs> okay, everyone gets Phil Hartman. Yes. yes. There you go. <laughs> so uh, I uh, I want to talk about the Flash, which uh, is on the CW, and I've been watching. And yes. I don't watch. I I don't. I never watch Smallville. I don't watch Arrow. I, I'm like four episodes into the first season of Arrow. I hear it's good. People like it. But I've been watching the Flash, and uh, I've been really enjoying it. I think it's a lot of fun. What do you guys yes. think, Lisa? Yes. It is. Oh totally. my gosh! Yes. Yeah. Um, First of all, I I am a huge, huge Arrow fan, and one of these days I'm going to have to shanghai somebody else into talking about it with me, so it's not just a 40-minute podcast of me going, I know! Dan. <laughs> Dan, you could be there. I, I'm on yes. board for that. Yeah, we have to talk about John Barrowman, because he's just the best! Oh my gosh! Um, but I, I, I've been enjoying The Flash, but it's nice to have a superhero series where the superhero is not particularly conflicted about his burden or his responsibility, <laughs> and he appears to have interests outside of his feelings. And <laughs> <laughs> he, has, 
He has and things to Tom, do. A job. And the Tom Cav and Jesse L. Martin is, is kind of killing it as the, you know, the, the dad, the you kids dad figure. As yeah. Lieutenant and, Dad Cop. Yes, as yeah. Lieutenant Dad Cop. But, but he and, serves, and, he's a, so let's talk and, about Jesse, Jesse Martin Joe for Cop a moment. Is his name. I, I think, I think, I mean, Lieutenant Dad Cop, that, yeah. that is actually, I think, what makes him so effective is like, yes. he brings a little bit yeah. of gravitas to it. So mm-hmm. it's not like all yeah. you kids who are 22 years old. No, it, there's like a lot of emotional resonance. Some there. of us have jobs here. Yeah. And I love Tom Cavanaugh's performance so far because they have found oh, the they have found the right role for his brand of kind of twitchy, weird amiability. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was you know that was the thing that was always a little unsettling about Ed is is this was a stalker who bought a bowling alley and then half of the woman out of mar- <laughs> out of marrying Roger Sterling and marrying her. It was a yeah. fun, cute way. Yeah, but there's like this weird undercurrent of like it yep. could it could have gone either way. He could have woken up wearing <laughs> Carol Vesey's face one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord! Yep. <laughs> a- a- admittedly, Ed would have been much more enjoyable had an episode ended with Ed stabbing someone, <laughs> preferably Michael Ian Black. Yeah, oh, sure. But, yes. um, but here, his whole his Repeatedly. whole I'm a restrained, damaged genius guy until I get to my magical braille crypt from the future and read newspapers from 20 years from now. Thing that's great. Oh my god, I love also, it. Also, wait, wait a second, wait a There are going to be still be newspapers no. 20 years from no, now. No, that, that's actually that's that's, that's bulk. <laughs> that's actually brand newspapers. That's the least believable thing about this show. <laughs> Make yeah. it run fast, sure. But newspapers... And, no, actually, one of the things that made me laugh is they wanted it so badly to be a newspaper from the future, but they're like, this is implausible. So it's like a web page from the future? Yes, okay, yes. I guess. Whatever. I mean, at least it's not like an app where he's loading the, <laughs> the iPhone of the future and it's embedded in his skull. And he's like, oh, uh, wait, I see from my eye app that... I'm, ju- I'm just glad the updating. headline wasn't something along the lines of, you won't believe what happened to the Flash! <laughs> <laughs> Brain newspaper would like to send you push notifications. There's actually an Easter egg in that in that newspaper too, which which talks about a Wayne Enterprises merger with Queen mm-hmm. Consolidated. <gasps> oh, the whole sh- <gasps> really? I'm gonna have yes. to yes. look yes. at that. The That's whole show's great. full of Easter eggs. One thing I love uh, about it is it that wonderful. just it's packed. Like every character is named the secret identity of some D-list superhero. Yeah. So if you know your stuff, you can be like, that guy's vibe. He's going to start breakdancing any second and causing earthquakes. <laughs> Incidentally, I, that character, Cisco, is awesome. I, I love that they've used him as sort of the audience proxy in that. So the Flash has the most, probably, I would argue, the most ridiculous supervillain nemeses. Yeah. Uh, and, and Cisco you know, spends all his time trying to find names to, for them. To come up with the names for him, which oh, is yeah, great really because... Funny. I'm just waiting for all these moments when, like, I mean, come on, Captain Boomerang's going to have to show up eventually, and you just know he's going to be like, oh, yeah, the Captain Boomerang, Captain Cold, the Mirror oh my Master. Gosh, it's, come it's, on. It's, it's, great. it's the Outback Assaulter. And they're like, Cisco, shut up. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, no, wait, it's the Aluro Menace. No. So no. I, one of the things I like about, uh, is it Grant Gustin? Is that his name? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, he's yeah. adorable. Oh, my gosh. He's cute as a bug's ear. First off, he's, it's funny because he's playing, like, 22, but... um. Or 23 or whatever, which is his actual age. But he's a kind of actor. He's an actor of an age that they would just cast him as a high school kid and say, sure, he's a high school kid, except he's in this. He's not. But he's really likable and seems really young. So you get the sense that he's he's like young and idealistic and just learning about the world. But what I really like about it is it's got that almost like that first like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies kind of thing where it's like. Like like Peter Parker, he's like just this guy. He's narrating his own life, and he's like, "Ah, oh, this stuff happened to me, and I'm trying to figure it out." He's just a really likable character, and 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 it, except without that like super angsty. I mean, his oh, yeah. he's got the history, and his dad's in jail, and all that, and yet he he never seems like a wet blanket, which I like. 
I have to point out, I, you, I'm glad you mentioned Spider-Man here because I'm really looking forward to in 10 years when Grant Gustin plays Spider-Man because that <laughs> seems the way things are going. He's channeling, yeah. channeling the Andrew Garfield thing. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I agree. It's nice, you know, especially in Counterpoint to Arrow, which this started as a spinoff of, um, you know, and Arrow is great, but really on the sort of like dark side and they take everything very, everything's very realistic and gritty, like there aren't superpowers on there. And so not only have they diverged and said like, okay, let's do a show that's all about like actual people with superpowers, but at the same time, let's also kind of make it lighter and more comic booky in some way. Let's have a lighter mm-hmm. tone. Let's have jokes and let's have a, you know, charismatic people here. And I think it really, really works, but it introduces problems when they eventually cross those series over. Cause like, which they're how doing do you just this not, week. Right. Uh, how do you just not call the flash every time you have a problem? <laughs> Like, oh, man, that guy, he keeps getting away from us. Let's just call our friend who runs really fast. It takes like 15 minutes for him to run there. It's, come on. It's, it's, he, and he, he goes, goes through more jackets way. that way. He gets hungry. I actually he really like the fact that that was, the, that was what they realized about him. Is like, wow, you use a lot of calories. You, you're going to pass out. You I, I knew it was coming, though. Energy bars. In the, in, the Justice, in the Justice League version, they do that, too. What is it, like 85 yeah. tacos? Yeah, I thought that was good. I, but it, it's a fun show. I mean, I remember the, like, the Flash from the show from the 90s with, with John Wesley Shipp, who is the mm-hmm. dad in this, <laughs> yes. which is a really nice little callback. But no. uh, that, was a, that was very much like the TV version of the Michael Keaton Batman movies. And mm-hmm. um and the this flash is it's just lighter and fun and um I, I think that the the having Tom Cavanaugh having Jesse L. Martin adds that adds a little bit of weight to it that's really nice. And mm-hmm. then he's got his team like at the science lab at Star Labs. Uh and so it's also not like he's a loner and only I can do this like Spider Man is, right? So yeah. instead it's like Team Flash is there and there and there's the conflict of like Tom Cavanaugh says that he wants he's wants to take care of Barry, but Jesse Martin wants to take care of Barry. I just it's a it's a really Dueling dads. It's a good it's a it's my a, two dads reboot. <laughs> it's actually it's actually three dads if you count jail dad. That's right. Well, yeah. How can we forget Jail Dad? <laughs> so it's really more of a three men and a super my, fast baby. Like, here's why I like Flash and My Three Dads too. Is it's kind of the exact opposite of Arrow, where yeah, it's, no, it's there's where no it's dads. basically no dads. yeah. There, there are no dads. Even when dads are physically present and dropping paternity bombs on on poor people, it's <laughs> it's there are still no dads present. It's a dadless show, a dad free show even. And uh, so so having some more is exactly the opposite where. Um, Barry is all, I need you guys. You're my team. And I'm like, rah, Team Flash. Yeah, Team Flash. It's, it's good. great. And it cuts through a lot of the BS that, and, and my, I love Arrow, but like about 15% of the conflict is completely unnecessary because it's, it's old Oliver. No, no, I can't. Too many people I care about could get hurt by what I do. And people are like, Oliver, knock it off. And they've, they've managed to cut out that 15% here. It's great. But the st- the yeah. strongest parts of Arrow were always when team like when the team developed later in the first series like yes. the team Arrow parts are definitely the stronger parts of that show and so with the Flash they were smart enough to be like yeah we got to do this from the get go where it's like exactly. there's people who know who he is it's not like oh I have to keep my identity secret from everybody and I think that the secret identity thing like as a trope is just mm-hmm. we're in a period where that's kind of like in the low and <laughs> it's like we're not going to do that right now we're not going to yeah. worry about that that dilemma. Oliver's yeah, I mean, terrible at keeping it. Is he? Everyone oh, no. knows everyone who he knows is. Who he is. It's yeah. great. It's, I actually really love that. It's great. Everyone on the show, but the one guy who was in charge of finding out who he was. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I have a bit of a, I guess, unique perspective. Um, uh, why do you show. hate? Why do you hate the Flash? Well, no, because no, you are, you're the no, second fastest man alive. Everyone knows that. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't like funny books. 
and I don't uh, really like shows about funny books, and, and I'm kind of iffy on people who do. <laughs> but, <laughs> I like how he forgets I know where he lives. I, I, I do very much enjoy The Flash. I, I find myself looking forward to The Flash. Yeah. Um, the Flash has the seal of approval. Hey, all you two listeners of The Incomparable who don't really care for comic books, this is an okay show. <laughs> the, the, all those uh, people who write in and say, I wish you would never talk about comic books again. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That would be me be writing under various aliases. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> but uh, I, I like it in a way that the few times I've seen Arrow... Um, I don't like um, I, Arrow has kind of a a, a a 1990s basic cable feel. To, oh, to burn. Me. Ouch. Yeah, no, it does. No, I'm sorry, it does. <laughs> now, if they ever do the Black Canary spinoff, I am watching that show. Mm-hmm. That's a great show, uh, but um, in your but mind, Fla- but but Flash is a um, uh, uh, just really well put together for all the uh, mm-hmm. all the reasons you outlined. Even if you're even if you don't uh, sit there with your 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 DC Comics checklist, and, yeah. and and up until previously, I had no idea there was a guy named Vibe. Now I do, so <laughs> I've learned something today. I, I'm with you because I am a I'm a Marvel Comics guy. So although I love the the funny books and the and the superhero genre i uh i don't know any of the backstory i mean i don't know like barry allen and iris i i know a little tiny bit of flash but very little and so i don't get any of the references and it doesn't matter because it's 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 i like that it's not super angsty and that there's a really nice ensemble around them and that the main character is kind of winning and you want to root for him he's not you know i i i like him i actually do want to root for him which honestly there are a lot of superhero things where you're like, yeah, yeah, get over yourself, right? But he's mm-hmm. he's yeah. I want Barry Barry Allen to do well and and for his dad to get out of jail, <laughs> all those things, and Jesse L. Martin to to you know em- embrace his uh, his role as his surrogate father and all. I, I want all of that, and I you know I even like you know Tom Cavanaugh as his mysterious future stabbing dudes. <laughs> In his Roll. magical so. <laughs> braille office from the future. Yeah. I'm yeah. convinced that the yeah. dots on the wall are, are elaborate data encoding systems and the pattern means something. <laughs> it's so yeah. lost all over. It's, oh, he stole it from yeah. the TARDIS. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's not just there randomly. No, the only weak part of the show for me, to be honest, is Iris. Yeah. Yes. I, I feel yes. like it's... And to be fair, it's a tough character because you have to have somebody who... Is is smart and funny and and clearly can go toe to toe with Barry, and yet has somehow managed to miss the fact that this guy practically has cartoon hearts popping out of his eyeballs every time he looks at her. But the performance isn't quite landing with me yet. I can't put my I finger on why, but every time Iris is on the screen, I'm like, Ugh. so. Yeah. Well, I'm there's, hoping they're smart enough to sort of rejigger that as they. I think they kind of have done with Arrow. Like oh yeah, set up a very like. In the beginning of that show, it set up a very clear sort of like love interest, and then yeah. they realized, wow, these no two one's really have responding no to that. chemistry at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But everyone's responding to these other two who have chemistry, so maybe they'll go in a similar direction. You with can that. tell that they rejiggered it with Arrow because they have literally thrown almost every other woman who's working in Los Angeles at him just to see what will stick. And because uh, <laughs> the, the original, it, it's just. But I like that they're doing that. I like that they're actually breaking free of canon there because it. It we may actually see a Green Arrow where Green Arrow and Black Canary. Just decide they're better off as friends. <laughs> yeah, they're just buddies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that'd be a refreshing take on that whole arc. There is something I don't like about Flash, and this is kind of nitpicky, and I do not apologize for it. But a lot of times, Barry will be running really fast, and Cisco is talking to him over the headphones. But this thing two don't sync up at all. Like in this last episode, there was a time when Barry overran where he was going supposed to go for by a couple of blocks. 
And Cisco was like, Barry, Barry, stop. You missed it by two blocks. By the time he finished saying that, <laughs> at the speed Barry was going, he should have been out of the city. Well, maybe he was. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe he wasn't a, running at full what speed. What if they made that a plot yeah. point coming up? Because, I mean, there's enough nerdly brain there where one of them can surely say, one of these days you're going to run faster than sound. And we have to find a way to be able to communicate with you. And then Tom Cavanaugh's character is like, I may have a theory. And we find out this is how <laughs> he bops back and forth between here and the future as he's figured out how to origami space and time into CB radio wavelengths or something. CB radio, sure. Time that would be CB. cool, but historically, Flash comics have just ignored this problem. And you'll just have two guys you know, running the just under things. the speed of light yeah, having I, I a think conversation. we're beginning to get, put our finger on why they've ignored yeah, the problem. One of the yes. greatest things about DC adaptations for TV, though... <laughs> No, one of the greatest things about DC adaptations for TV, though, is they've actually managed to throw out a lot of the canon stuff for a lot of the historic problems that, that they're like, you know what, it's not going to play on TV. That's, I love that they've done that with Arrow, where they've they've streamlined a lot of the stuff, and instead of making Roy a junkie, it's just, oh, Roy got injected with some crazy super soldier steroidal thing, and he now has a big feelings about that. So, you know, there, there's no... Well, yeah. and they, but they also sort of tip their hat, which yeah. is nice. Like, they, they, don't, they don't throw everything yeah. out. Like, all the, you know, they, they tip their hat and they put in the little Easter eggs and stuff to make people who are comic fans be like, oh, that thing, I totally recognize what that thing is, and that's related to this other mm-hmm. thing. But they're not going to strictly... They don't, they don't consider it like a straitjacket of, like, we've got to follow what Yeah, and says. I think that's actually one of the DC... I think that's why DC does a better job of adapting to the television universe. All right, we need to we need to move on. Yes, we can move on to how about Flash we move on to Gotham? Yeah, to Go- we can move on to Gotham but since we, that's we a DC should, verse. Yes, indeed, Lisa. Mm. We should talk about the other one, yes. which mm-hmm. is Gotham. Uh, speaking yeah. of DC adaptations, this, of course, is the <laughs> the before before they were super villains when they were merely <laughs> villains. It's Gotham with Bruce like Wayne as a young kid. Feature. Jim Henson's Gotham Babies. The the kid from the OC <laughs> is Commissioner Gordon. And, uh, yeah, so... Hey, remember all the things we said about uh, Flash having a light touch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that every week when it comes on, my, my oldest son just sees the title and he goes, Got Ham? And he takes two <laughs> seconds and goes, Nope! And he walks Jada Pins- Pinkett Smith does. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's yes. the... But she's named... Yeah. Smith. She's on a completely different show than everybody else. Like Phil, well, Phil put yes. his finger on it when you tweeted last week that Gotham is three different shows. And it's only three one different of them shows, and only one of them is good. Yeah. So okay, so what are the? Three and you shows? don't even want to watch that one. Okay, the three the three shows are one show is uh, is DC Villain Factory where you meet like all the villains <laughs> like as they have their <laughs> Mr. Freeze used to just be a guy who liked ice cubes. No, to be honest, that sounds like the next. That sounds like the next um, project runway. Like you would have Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum hosting DC Villain Factory, and every week Tim Gunn would be like, "Oh, you know, your spandex isn't isn't quite snapping too when you run. Go make that work. It would all oh, be great. I would watch that." This pilot is especially bad at this, where it's mm. literally like, "Hello, I just happen to be a crime scene tech named Edward Nigma. I enjoy riddles, but what <laughs> what does that matter?" And it's like, "Oh, we call <laughs> we called him the Penguin because he walks funny." Bwahaha. And then look, I found a card. It's a Joker. What? what? Uh, In the last episode, they really dialed back the Edward Nigma. I'm going to be the Riddler one day. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of smiles creepily, and I think that's great. Um, so that's show number one. Show number two is uh, is Bruce Wayne, tortured boy genius, and uh, yes. is that is a double dog drag of a show. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, then show three, which is the sort of good one, is um, is the kid from the OC and and uh, Donald Logue having their their good cop bad cop adventures together. And I kind of like the interplay between them. And I, I it it. it 
It reminds me of a, a, a version of Terriers, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, still, <laughs> but still good enough to where I go, oh, Terriers, I wish I was watching that right now, but this is okay. Yeah, if you get rid of all the other shows and also Ben McKenzie, I think I'm totally into this show oh. if Donald moved to a new city. Oh, I love Ben McKenzie. <laughs> and, then, and then there's Jada Pinkett Smith, who is... Who, oh, no. I, I think it was it was someone else on Twitter who who, who said this, but boy, she is... She landed on that uh landed on that character and is just sticking with it i think <laughs> she saw one minute of eartha kit and yeah. said, oh that's what batman shows are like here i go it feels like sort of a, a third wave feminist reinterpretation of eartha kit and like they got all the sex positivity in there but they kind of forgot the rest of it it's 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 really loud and weird and broad and i don't like it at all um what if what if we took a bad andre brower impersonation and made it a woman <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure telling straight girls to seduce you counts as sex positive so much as just weird yeah well this show also has a really weird attitude towards lesbianism too because mm. they they treat barbara's dalliance with renee montoya as some sort of weird guilty shameful secret which is complete and, and this led to Phil and I. We had a discussion about this for like half an hour. We were trying to figure out when exactly Gotham is supposed to be set because parts of it are weirdly contemporary. So we were trying to figure out if the homophobia is is supposed to be like socially consistent with the time the show is set in or if it's just the writers are all, ew, girls with each other. I'm both fascinated yet repelled. It's a show so. written by 19-year-old boys, boys for 12-year-old boys. I would yeah. be happy to worry about that, but I'm... S- with Barbara, I'm just hung up on wondering, is she actually living in a clock tower? Oh, she's the worst. Or um, does she just have yeah. a clock painted on the outside of her windows? <laughs> well, I wonder if that's supposed to be an homage to the eventual Oracle living in the clock, having like the clock tower HQ and, and it, all that. Oh, but we I'm know sure that, is, but, but we know a... that this Barbara doesn't become Oracle. Like her yeah. job is basically to give birth to an awesome robot, Barbara Gordon, and then right. disappear. <laughs> but I, I, I think Barbara, the, the Barbara Gordon character and or the actress is like one of the biggest weaknesses on the show. Like she every is, time she she's on the screen, the time worst stops. character yes. in that show. Although, although Jada Pinkett is also. The yeah, worst. They, I think they you're selling Jada yeah. Pinkett short. You're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> you can do it, Jada. Reach for the stars. And, and, and let's not let's <laughs> not let, let let's not let the kid off the hook for being no. creepy Bruce Wayne. Oh, is, the other kid too. Oh, awful. the Selena Kyle child is yeah. just yeah. well. I have a well-known animus against child actors, anyway. Oh, the, I, I, actually, I, I really, I liked, uh, I liked the Selena Kyle stuff. I actually thought that was some of the the better stuff because with her and Ben McKenzie, and 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 I thought that was, I thought that's that was stuff was okay. Um, she has and, a strange idea of how to be a stealthy pickpocket. The way she rolls over cars and stands <laughs> yes. next to somebody on a deserted street. She's seen Cats one too many times on PBS. But I think. but she can hide in a bus. That is just her in the bus, and no one will ever see her. I freaking loved Lily, Lily Taylor and Frank Whaley that week that they were on. It was yeah, that just was good. Del- every minute they were on the screen was great. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't like this show either. Um, I actually don't, <laughs> e- I don't actually even like Donald Logue very much, which <gasps> really disappoints me because I feel like yeah. I, I think what I decided is it's so operatic, it's so over the top, even. Even the the Donald Logue stuff is too far over the top, and the Jada Pinkett stuff is so far over the top it wraps all the way back around and and then goes back all the way up over the top again. Yeah. Um. And and uh, when you contrast it with something like The Flash, and they're trying to do very different yeah. things, but it's like I just don't I just don't like it. I I think I think you're right, Phil. That the show that is the most interesting to me is James Gordon trying to wrestle with what it means to how can he keep some honor and try to bring justice to Gotham when it's completely messed up but 
that's the only like nugget of this that I find interesting at all. And the rest of it is so over the top and, and crazy that um, I just, as uh, tone wise, I just can't accept it. It's yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I just spent like 45 minutes on a, on an electric shadow podcast with Moises uh, talking about how much I really don't like this show. So go listen to that. I'll listen I'll to that. Save <laughs> some breath. But, but basically it, it, it's just sort of, you know, uh, if Gotham is a font, then this is Comic Sans Batman. Oh, is all no. I can say. <laughs> let me get. Let Which, me. Let me do. A, let me say a few kind words in in defense of of Gotham, though not really. Um, and I called it. <laughs> I call this the Shark phenomenon. A few years ago on CBS, there was a show called Shark. Yes. Uh, oh, with James Dylan, Woods. I loved it. Well, because it was harmless. Love is, love is a strong word. Well, it was brainless <laughs> entertainment. And we delighted in James Woods' yes. every move. So it was James Woods was like a, a really sleazy attorney who became a force for good uh, in the DA's office. And um, it was not a very difficult show to follow. So you could go about your business and, and like uh, do your email surfing and, 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 and do <laughs> shows around the house. email by. Yeah. And, and look up and Shark would be doing his sharky things and you'd go, oh, Shark, you've solved another case. <laughs> and... I don't think every show needs to be homework. I don't want to spend every show sitting there with my flowchart uh, plotting out the various uh, uh, threads. I think that there are some shows that need to be disposable that you can uh, you can look up and go, oh, Batman, how, yeah. what are you up to today? And and Gotham right now is scratching that itch when it's not being terrible, which is um, about a third <laughs> of the time. I have an observation about the people of Gotham which is that they all deserve to die and don't deserve a Batman. Uh, yeah. In three consecutive episodes, they had a supervillain whose diabolical plan was to walk up to people and say, do this incredibly unlikely thing. Oops, you just killed yourself. Here, grab this weather balloon. Oh, now you're floating away to death. Yeah. Here, hold this metal tube up to your eyeball. Yeah, Got you had a very good death. point on Twitter about that, Monty, about the, yeah. uh, about the assassin. It feels very Tim Burton-y, but with, without the humor of Tim Burton. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of, it's like a really sinister game of Mousetrap. I'm, I'm going to probably watch the show on Hulu through the season and see how I feel about it by the end of it. Um, I really like Donald Logan. We'll watch him in anything. And so obviously and you I mean, have. Yes, it's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, I think Benjamin McKenzie is doing a fine job with his role. Um, it's a nice Benjamin twist. McKenzie. Well, we're not on our first day. We, we are, terms, we are very formal today. Yeah. Yes. Mr. McKenzie is doing an excellent job. Um, <laughs> he and Donaldson Logue are doing very well. <laughs> well, it's 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 sort of did you ever watch Southland with me? Uh, yes. A yeah. Little bit. No, he, he he's basically taken his Southland character he's, and kind of given it a, a grayer that. twist. And it's nice. Um, and I really love what they're doing with the penguin. Um, I feel like the show just lights up whenever that guy's on screen, and I can't wait to see him become like the, the Lord of the Underworld or whatever. So I'm, I'm basically rooting for him, which is probably not what the show wants me to do. <laughs> but I am much more invested in what the Penguin is basically the flip side of Batman at this point, where he's coming back to Gotham City and he's going to make the city his, which is what Batman does later. It's just the Penguin's idea of what he's going to do with the city versus Batman's are diametrically opposed. I can't wait to see how it works out. All right, so. Flash just gets gets a thumbs up. Gotham, eh, not, not gets so, a half thumb. Not so. Yeah, I I would give it a thumbs Tilting. down. I, it's I, like I, a three quarters thumbs I down because down. I'm 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 sticking with it at the halfway point. So three quarters yeah. thumbs down. I, I watched this yeah second episode and just was like I don't want to watch this show. Yeah, I, and and I mean the thought that 
by the end of the series, if we're never going to see Batman, by the end of the series, things are still going to be so dark that the city needs a Batman. So your heroes, Gordon, is never going to win. You know, it's like, why do I want that in my life one once a week for the next seven, well, eight years? Well, I, I, don't, I don't entirely yeah. agree with that because I, I feel like the story arc of the show is going to be Gordon getting more and more... Um, Power. Compromised, yeah. No, no, no. Well, more yeah. power, and oh, he's, more go- power. he's going to clean it up to the point where he can at least uh, side with Batman. That, like, you know, whether he becomes commissioner or he's just a higher-ranking cop, that he's going to have made things less corrupt, but still Ooh. not enough that he doesn't I need suppose. the help of Batman. But um, I suppose, yeah. But I, I still don't, don't I, want that in my life once a week. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so we should we should move on. Um, what other new shows are out there that that you guys are watching that you would like to? Uh, talk about, about perhaps Constantine recommend? Constantine so yes. that just premiered the other the other night as we record yeah. this so uh, another DC comics we're continuing the superhero yeah we're just continuing the DC comics so uh, yeah I just watched it see, I haven't seen it uh, tell me about it Monty uh, well the comic <laughs> book is about I, I a, yeah I know the fi- comic book but yeah well, so you're familiar with the, list, well, maybe some people might step. not it's, a, it's, it's about like, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, right. no, it's about a guy no. who comes from a long Jason, line. Jason, you're of, dead to me. It's, it's, it's a show about Konstantin who... Chernyenko and his, <laughs> his two efforts to live up to the the legacy set by Yuri Andropov. The Byzantine and... Empire. Don Constantine is the latest in a long line of musicians, who, musicians, magicians. They, they're like they're like the, the laughing magicians or something like that because they they always manage to land on their feet and get the best of a deal. And um, through a series of, of really bad decisions, he ends up mortgaging his soul to three or four different demonic entities. And um, basically, the, the comic book series is about him staying one or two steps ahead of whichever demon owned a piece of his soul at any given point. And by the end of it, he was ready to die. And he solved supernatural mysteries along the way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the TV show appears to be, they've, they've seemed to have set it up where he is, again, a wizard but not like the Harry Potter type of wizard, more like a PI who happens to be able to, to cast spells. He consigned an innocent girl to hell through his own hubris, and an angel is now using this as leverage against him, so he kind of has to fight the forces of evil for heaven in order to redeem his own soul and try to get this innocent child back from the damned. So And that's, solve supernatural mysteries along the way. Yeah, I mean, that's the, yeah. I mean, there's obviously going to be like a demon of the week or whatever. It's going to be kind of like Reaper that way. This is basically like if Reaper, if Reaper went to grad school, but. Um, Slash supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> so the good news is that the guy looks exactly like the Constantine in the comic book. And he's a charisma yeah, they, they machine. Really oh well my cast. God, is he like a charisma that, machine? That was the thing that sold me out. Like in the first like 30 seconds, you're like, yeah, this guy is John Constantine. They did a good job with that. They may have done like a pentagram on the floor and and just like brought him up from somewhere because like I I never I had not been familiar with his actor's work before and then he walks onto the screen and embodies his character. Unfortunately, like, nothing no. nothing else um, measures the, up to him. <laughs> it's the pilot. Well, the pilot's kind of a hot mess because it's a and it pilot. Um, and I think you should give they, they reshot a yeah, little bit. Yeah, because apparently they wanted to cut out the lady in it. Um, so they got rid of the they got rid of the character who was supposed to be his female sidekick. Um, she returns to her home planet at the end of the episode off screen. Yeah, so it's a shame because she's not a bad a bad actress. I've seen her in she was in the BBC Robin Hood show a couple of years ago as Maid Marian, and mm. she's fine in that. But they're making her do the fake American accent, and they put her in the sort of ingenue role of like I don't know anything that's going on here. And literally, I like was paying attention. Every line of dialogue, though, that they gave her was like the, 
What's what's this about? What's Wait, that about? What? What's, what what's going mean? on? Who are what you? Did, what's what's that? What are these things? It's when they start screaming, yeah. ghost train, ghost train, ghost train. It was just... <laughs> but um, I'm yeah, going to give it a couple episodes and see, and see how this goes. And um, I thought that uh, Chaz was well cast and is an interesting character. Um, Harold Perrineau is incredibly creepy, yeah, which I like. Good. I like him. Um, so you've, you've, you've got a couple intriguing hooks. And I think it's... Cue up a couple episodes on Hulu and see how you like it. Yeah, I'll keep watching it. It might not be good, but it'll be fascinating. And the thing is, is you don't have to have actually read the comics to enjoy the the, the, the series. I feel like we should we should reassure people on this point right. because Constantine, like John Constantine, is kind of the Wolverine of the Vertigo universe. He just kept popping up everywhere and like working with everybody. And he's got this crazy long backstory with like Swamp Thing and with Timothy Hunter, the boy wizard, and with the guys from The Endless and so on and so forth. And that gets old and tedious and tired. So just ignore the comic book book history and see how this works for you. Yeah. The show might just be Supernatural Private Investigator fights demons. Right. Well, I, I and I think it, it does a good job of focusing on what's interesting about this character is that he's likable, but he's kind of ultimately cursed in that they make a point of this in the first episode, like basically all of his friends die yeah. or get in trouble in one way or another. Like, you know, he's kind of a walking bad luck token for everybody else around him, um, which is kind of what makes him fascinating as a character is because, you know, he ends up being not impervious, but like. You know, he he ends up suffering, causing a lot of pain and stuff like that. But and that's kind of his and, curse is that he realizes, like, he needs and craves human companionship, and then he realizes he's like the worst thing that happens to most people. Yeah, but he, it's it's really interesting to watch the production values in the pilot. I thought were really good. Um, I thought they they pulled some interesting strings. They the right. I knew that they had changed the last scene where they sort of write out the female <laughs> lead, but it comes across as incredibly ham fisted. Yeah. Like, oh, oh my god, demons do terrible things. I'm gonna go to Los Angeles where nothing bad ever yeah. happens. <laughs> Fortunately, she left us a map of all these things that we can turn into like 25 more episodes. Mm. Yeah, well, because they recast the actress, right? They're like, oh, well, we, not just recast, yeah. they changed the part. Changed the like, character, it's a totally yeah. different character, and they, they tacked on there's a little bit in the, the very end that sort of leads into that, which is a nice <laughs> little segue. Um, yeah. But yeah. There's a scene at the end where you see that somebody has been drawing John Constantine. At least one of which is actually a picture from the comics, I think. Yeah, there were a couple of comic out. book covers yeah. there, which I like to think they did just so they could throw some money the artist's way. I don't think that was her. I thought it was like some mystery woman. And we're going to find out how John Constantine has horribly screwed her over, too. It's signed by her, who is the new character, Uh, Zed. Oh, okay. Ah, clever. Well, that's one way to do it. So, Constantine, worth... uh, Yeah, give it a few episodes. Like I I said, queue up a few on Netflix. And it might work better if you watch two or three in a row. Um, I have... A lot of I, I have big love for the character from my comic book reading days, and so I'll be, and we all know I'm a sucker because I'm still watching Gotham. So I think other people may want to try Fair two enough. or three. <laughs> and Phil, I, I I had no idea Konstantin Chernyko was so ill for so much of his rule of the Soviet Union. Yeah, so. no, it's really a it's really a sad series. It is. It's mostly about him going. Oh, I don't feel so good today. <laughs> <laughs> that is a Russian series. It only goes for one season too. Yeah. After the the, the and then it's replaced by then... Gorbachev with yeah. an exclamation point. <laughs> exactly. Oblomov the series. Am I right? Yeah. Huh? Oblomov. Sure. Anyone? Okay. <laughs> Go That's for a it. Great joke. What 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 other uh, what other shows should we talk about? Do you think? Has anybody else watched Forever at all? Yes, I do. Yes. Yes. I I saw the pilot. It's a it's one of those shows you can watch where literally you can you can leave the room and come back and not miss a beat. Um, <laughs> yes. But 
that's not a point against it because sometimes yeah. you really don't want to have oh, to watch TV where you're like, oh, someone somewhere, some 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 Northwestern grad student is about to launch her PhD thesis on this. Um, it, yeah. It's a I very f- CBS procedural, which is funny because it's on ABC. Yeah, ABC. But it, it, it is the like it, the show it has the most in common with, obviously, I think is Elementary, where he is yeah. a super knowledgeable guy who solves crimes, but with a different spin because he's got this strange supernatural curse slash blessing where yeah. he is immortal and, like and keeps weird, getting resurrected yeah. in the water. And he's got like a weird immortal stalker too who's like, I may have answers, but I'm not going to yeah, tell right. you. I'll just keep calling you like a weirdo. So Well well you say it's it's like a CBS procedural, but half the time I expect Castle to walk in. <laughs> so, uh, fair, well yeah, but Castle is itself know, a CBS it's a procedural sense, well, exactly, yeah. And and at least he gets to use his own accent. And I think you watch it mostly for the performances because Yon Griffith yeah. is very charming. Yeah. He car- he, he's, 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 they, they have finally found a project for this dude. Yeah. Because I have watched him bomb in a lot of things. I, I enjoy watching him and Judd Hirsch hang out. They don't yes, really yes, need to yes, be solving Yes, that's the best part like, of the show. That's like the best part of the show is watching them just banter with each other. It's phenomenal. And um, the creepy dude who used to be on Bones and is now like the under coroner. I can't remember. Joel David something. The under coroner. That is like the weird uh, (laughs) horror movie version of Quincy. (laughs) (laughs) I am the under coroner. Welcome to the interesting world of forensic sciences. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's like this actor's been on Avatar. He was was one of the squints on Bones and now he's on this and he's got like a a really nice hangdog thing going and he's fun. It's a fun show to watch because it doesn't take itself too seriously yeah and um they do the flashbacks well where they're actually kind of the only criticism i would level against it is this dude was like the most progressive colonial to ever walk the, <laughs> the, the streets of, of new, new amsterdam because like he was appalled by tenement conditions and like all you fools tuberculosis isn't isn't caused by night air one day we'll find the cause and and like there was not a a, a social cause that he was not firmly on the right side of history on. The show that this reminds me of actually is Highlander, the series. Oh. Not just because <laughs> the guy gets killed mm-hmm. in every episode, just like <laughs> But all the flashbacks are just like that in Highlander, where Duncan was just the greatest guy, wherever he was. It, w- it would be great if there was a show about a guy who like traveled through time and just had, had abhorrent social views. <laughs> that would be an entertaining show quantum lout no that was american horror story that was the last season of american horror story where it turns out that, that kathy bates is pretty much that character oh yeah and um to torture her they tie her in a chair and make her watch like president obama on tv because they figure it's like the worst thing in the world for her and they're right she loses her mind it's it's really funny <laughs> So forever, for, forever seemed to be one of those uh, kind of disposable shows. I didn't dislike it at all, but I, I felt no need to watch more of it. But I, I, if if it were on, or as Phil said, something you put on in the background and don't need to pay attention to, I thought it, it seemed perfectly fine. Yeah. The the opposite of this show in tone is How to Get Away with Murder, which takes itself very seriously, and I don't like any of the characters. I'm having a really hard time trying to stick with that show. Um, and somebody, I forget who had the perfect tweet where they're like, how to commit murder is basically what happens when Slytherin goes to law school. <laughs> mm. And um, I, I get that Shonda Rhimes does complicated characters oh. who are both good and bad and have motives and, and everybody's human and has flaws and feelings. But it's it's boring. The flashbacks are kind of deliberately obfuscating. Um, they're wasting Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. And I can't connect to um, the kid who played Dean in the last few uh, Harry Potter movies. I can't connect to him or any of the other people. And um, I have like three episodes piled up in Hula right now just because I, I keep trying them. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah, I cut it loose after a couple just because 
I don't want to spend any more time with any of these jerks. Yeah, no, they're awful. So, so, but I should also tip my hand here and, and say I've never been able to stick out any Shonda Rhimes show after two or three episodes anyway. Well, Lisa, you'll be really disappointed when she finally uh, makes the ABC Marvel synergy work. And this is, this is my idea that I'm just going to spread around until finally it happens, which is Shonda Rhimes' She-Hulk. That's what I want, right? Marvel, Take the Marvel I, intellectual I property. That. It's a law show with She-Hulk. She's a lawyer. She's a superhero. You put it all together. She's a person of color. The color is yeah. green, but still. Yeah. And uh, I think Shonda Rhimes would do a great job with that kind of like law hero yeah. kind of thing. So that's what I want to yeah. see. She-Hulk, That's a Shonda brilliant Rhimes. idea, and this is why you run the incompetent. Get on it. Yeah. <laughs> Get on it, ABC. Marvel, you got that one for free. Maybe they can free Maybe they can free that, that, that nice lady from Red Band Society, too, and she can come. Oh, man. Her. Oh, you had to say it. Oh. So did, did anybody oh. else watch watch Red Band <laughs> yeah. Society? Because that was, that yes. was no. yes, I, singularly the worst the worst thing I saw this fall. Does it make me a bad person that I'm rooting for the deaths of multiple children yeah. on that show? Yeah, no, it doesn't. No, because they're okay, in a bad good. show, just, and they need, they, their characters, they all need to just die by the show dying. <laughs> which i think it will because its ratings are terrible okay. i i have two that i had even worse than red band society really really so what red, but, very, but barely i mean ver, it's like ver, right there very quickly red band society is an unwatchable show about people who are in a hospital and apparently dying but they're the hospital is almost like a dorm i don't really understand it it doesn't make any sense uh the characters the aren't anorexic that interesting. isn't really anorexic she's just really cute oh, and, it's so and- bad it's so bad <laughs> So it's like Patch Adams the series is what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, it's no, basically. Like, the thing I'm angriest about oh it's Octavia Spencer I want to liberate for better things. The thing I'm angriest about is is you've got this this anorexic who's supposedly like a long-term resident and she's supposed and anorexia is a, is a is is a legitimate psychological and physical disorder. Um Terrible things happen when you have it. You lose your hair. You grow a, a layer of fur all over your body. Your organs start eating themselves. Your immune system collapses. And she looks great. Yeah, sure. And it is the most harmful thing I can possibly think of because the one plot line that I saw was when she goes to like a friend's homecoming and she's showered with attention for how good she looks. And we're supposed to, as viewers, think, oh, this is terrible. But instead the message was, yeah, she does clean up nice as a skeletal flapper. So it was just – it's – it's a poisonous show in that way. It is a really, it is a really bad show, and uh, the the narrator is the guy in a coma, which is kind of quirky, but it ends up not being very interesting. And Octavia Spencer totally wasted. And I I hate to say it because I, I read an interview with her where she basically said, "Well, I usually people suggest that I play the uh, you know the the strict the strict nurse type, and I say mm-hmm. no, that's a ty- that's typecasting. I'm not going to do that. But in this case." What they wrote you a paycheck and so you took this job. It is a stereotypical <laughs> performance of you know this character that's like so lazy. That's a bad show, but I, I think it's going to get canceled very quickly, so people don't need to worry about it too much. But Red Band Society, bad. bad what could possibly bad. be worse than that, David? I've got an answer, but let's let David go first. Yes, yes, I have answers. This is too. draft. I take Manhattan Red Band Society. Story. What's next? Oh, Manhattan Loves Her already canceled, Which right? has already been canceled. I won my Deadpool. Yeah. Society has, has freed us that all. Was, that's the only one that I turned off in the middle of the first episode. Oh, I well, couldn't that, finish it. That's what I did with Red Band Society. I got about halfway through, yeah. and I'm like, life's too short for watching this terrible yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. And so we don't even have to talk about Manhattan Loves Love Story. You dodged, story you dodged a bullet if gone. you didn't see it, because it's gone it's now. Gone. <laughs> the, the other one that I had, and... I feel bad because I really wanted it to work. I, you know, I like the guy as a writer and a comedian, but yes, Mulaney, I'm with you. Yes, Mulaney is right. like it's like an anti sitcom because it's doing uh. all of the tropes, it's doing all of the things, but it's almost like it's intentionally unfunny. It's really weird. 
when Martin Short is the most naturalistic actor in your cast, oh, Lord. something's gone horribly <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Well, the the I, I watched the second episode. I thought, right, I'll, I'll oh, give it another try. Wow. Oh, man, and David. They have the whole thing of, you know, hey, are you dating a doula? Yes, I'm dating the doula. And it goes and it's trying to make the doula into a thing, right? And the other plot that they've got running along this is his air conditioner has stopped working, his window air conditioner, and they have to get it out of the window. And immediately my brain goes, the doula's going to help them talk it through the window just yep. like it's a baby. Uh-huh. And 15 minutes later, guess what happened? And and I just went, no, this this is wrong. So Phil made reference to the fact that I, I that I, I launched recently this uh, podcast on the Incomparable Network with Tim Goodman from the Hollywood Reporter, the TV talk machine, and and he oh, was fa- the subtlety. He, he was quoted. Thank I you. like how you keep the pro separate thank, from the rest. Thank you, of Phil. Us. Brought this. Yeah. Up. Thank you, Phil. It's all your fault. So so Goodman Goodman's quote on Mulaney was there is no I had no idea there was a TV talk machine. There, there is there is no saving a show this heinous. And and the New York Times quoted them and Mr. Mulaney. This is actually what it says. Mr. Mulaney responded. And basically got all bent out of shape because somebody said that his his, his show was bad. Um, dude, well, your show is bad. Show. Make a better show. Your show. You are not Jerry Seinfeld, and mm-hmm. this show is is not good. It is. He's a funny stand up and a funny writer. He might not be a funny stand up comic in the middle of a sitcom. of a sitcom. So I, I hesitate yeah. to bring this up because I I've neither seen Mulaney nor the show I'm about to compare it to. So I'm speaking from a position of authority. Oh, this is we very much we, like your podcast. That yeah, we can always we can always up. cut yes. this 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 bit out. I suppose. Um, <laughs> does anyone remember the the Louis C.K. show that he did on HBO? Oh, Lucky Louis, L- Lucky Louis. Louis. Yes, and, or yes. I think it was HBO. Yeah, and I, yeah, I yeah. seem to recall no one liked that. No, show. no one liked it at all. Right. That, that was the no. that was the multi camera sitcom yes. parody ish thing. Yeah. So maybe that's what's happening here, where you've got an otherwise talented guy who just. Uh, just had a bad day at the office when he was conceiving this entire show. Well, it's weird because it's been through several cycles. I mean, NBC developed it and turned it down, and they've they've kept almost the same cast and crew together, and they did it again for Fox. And I don't know. It's it's really quit weird. trying to make fetch happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 quit trying to. If he happens organically and and does his Mulaney thing that that works the rest of America, that's fantastic. But whatever he's doing now is 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 the exact opposite of its working. Yeah. So, well, I'm going to compare it to a much better show. Okay, mm-hmm. in the pilot episode of the Cosby Show, oh, there's yeah. a spot where Bill Cosby does about five minutes directly from his act about yep. uh, mm-hmm. g- giving birth. Yeah, and it yep. fits perfectly because his character is an obstetrician and it's hilarious. In the pilot episode of Mulaney, there's a big section where John Mulaney does a section directly from his act, and the entire show shuts down <laughs> while you sit yeah. there and watch him do a section from his act. Yeah, it's almost the, the opposite whole pilot of that everyone is sitting facing the audience. Yes, there's no; it's not natural looking at all. Oh. I mean, that's why part of me was thinking this is intentionally, ironically bad you all know? right we're, we're gonna move we're gonna yeah. move on from badness although uh, of Mulaney <laughs> to badness of Monty do you have something else that's t- that's that's also bad that you want to um, mention well I can assure you that Project Runway Threads is not very good okay thank you <laughs> it's Project Runway for kids <laughs> all right so they're doing the, like they're doing the Master you. Chef kids thing but uh, less effect if such a thing were possible <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> oh that sounds awful it it's a series of sh- one episode things sort of like cupcake wars where you have three kids instead of having a group of kids 
over Cupcake the season. Cupcake Wars is about kids? Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they're called cupcakes because they're adorable. <laughs> and the host is Christian Siriano, stripped of all his interesting catchphrases and clothing. Hmm. He's naked doing the show with children? <laughs> no, he's got a, like, a burlap sack. This is horrible. It's like, last time you worked up about Honey Boo Boo when this is going on? <laughs> Wow. Anyway, I'm watching it because I'm writing about it, <laughs> okay. but it's not a good show. Yeah. Fair okay. enough. Okay, all the right. Well, as long as, you're, as long as you're just doing it for money. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, Monty. <laughs> no, uh, I, none of us will judge. I, I wanted to make, mention a show that was so dumb that I couldn't watch a second episode of it, and that was Scorpion. Oh, God. The 10-year-old is hooked on it, so oh, I've no. seen every episode. <laughs> and I have to say, awesome. now, I'm sitting there watching every episode, and it... Everyone starts with the little prologue that introduces all the characters by name and shows mm. you their name on the screen and tells you who they are. <laughs> I can't, after five episodes, name any of these people. There's there's Walter, because everyone calls him Walter. There's Agent Doggett. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. There's a um, uh, psychiatrist with a hat. You mean the Terminator 2. Is what the, well, Terminator 2. Psychiatrist with a hat, right? Oh, I know that guy. I remember that guy. And, 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 and Catherine McPhee. Smash. Yeah. That's right. Smash oh, so, oh, Smash was no, terrible. No, David, what you have yes, to do is what I did with um, uh, many years ago. I was uh, I, I, I was commuting between L.A. and San Francisco, and when I stayed in San Francisco, I'd stay with my parents. And my parents um, <laughs> loved the TV show Jag. Yep. And uh, oh. so every night was spent watching various episodes of Jag. I have no idea what the characters' names are in Jag because I gave <laughs> them all my own names. <laughs> yeah. there was well, the Jag. name is Jag. Yes, yeah. there was Jag and Lady Jag yeah. and Jag. No, you called her Mrs. Jag. Mrs. Jag and Jag's boss <laughs> and Jag's friend. And those were all the characters in Jag. Oh, and my father-in-law would get so angry about this. Like, he would grit <laughs> through his teeth. Their names are Harm and yeah. Mac. And, and well, he was Mr. Jag. so upset. So it's obviously, it's Scorpion and Scorpion <laughs> Jr. Yeah, and, and well, Hat, I saw, Hat I watched Man. tonight's episode. And they, they've, they've, it's not even a related company, but they had a crossover with NCIS LA tonight. Oh. And so Linda Hunt shows up on the that show. That early, huh? That's desperate. And, and, and not only that, it was one of these fake Jeopardy things of, oh, you're, we might have to break up the team and we're going to put you all into psych t- testing and, you know. But, but it has Linda Hunt on the show. And, and the whole, t- every time she's in there, I'm thinking, Wow, you know, NCIS LA is such a better show, and I don't like NCIS LA. <laughs> it's at least competent. It knows what it's doing. Yes, yes, it does what it says on the box. The more important takeaway here is that it's part of the JAG universe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Scorpion. Exactly. So Scorpion, uh, for those who don't know, Scorpion is about a team of uh, super smart... Scorpions. Yes, it's a team of it's, a it's team the of Big Scorpions. Bang A team. Yes, it would be much easier if it was much better if it was about there's Scorpions. Stingy, there's stingy, there's bitey, there's hurdy, there's ouchy. <laughs> you got right. It is a team <laughs> and of scorpion super, with a hat of super smart, <laughs> super smart professionals who are managed by a scorpion. Uh, the uh, oh, that'd be the, the best. The, he's like Charlie and Charlie's Angels, and it turns out you he's just a scorpion. Over yes, the, Mr. The voice scorpion. Box. Um, so. It, this is this is a show made by people who think computers are magical devices uh, controlled oh. by elves. Speaking <laughs> of that, can I just mention a show that is not out yet but is going to be the worst show ever and I will watch every episode ah, ah, of it? Yes. Ooh, Ooh, do please tell. do. CSI Cyber. Yes! Yes! Here are some details <laughs> just from the cast list. You've got Patricia Arquette as Avery Ryan, cyber psychologist. <laughs> You've got oh, she Jane- should wear a hat. She's got James like Vanderbeek as Elijah Mundo. You've got Shad Moss, who you may know as Lil Bow Wow, as Cyber Hacker. 
And in case James... <laughs> That's not his actual name. It's his code name. No. Code, no, his character no. name is Brody Nelson. His role is Cyberhacker. Cyberhacker, yeah. And in case no. James Vanderbeek weren't enough, you've also got Luke Perry. Oh my God, I have to watch <laughs> it now. This is going to be yeah, the best it's show be amazing. ever. When does this debut? Uh, January. Whenever CBS so, cancels <gasps> something. Why? When, when, what, right. Why? As soon as uh, Scorpion is canceled, I think. Oh, and I did not just mention got a full season order. Raven Ugh. Ramirez and Stavros Sifter. Oh, that one's Peter McNichol. Stavros Sifter? Stavros Sifter. Wow. Peter McNichol like is Stavros Sifter. Like he's shipping CBS half- is out of control now. This is going oh, yeah? to be so great. Just imagine the people pounding on keyboards frantically. I would, I would like, I would like to. Anyway, Scorpion's the episode where they, where they uh, have to drive fast under a plane and plug in an Ethernet cable <laughs> in order to save the plane because reasons. Uh, it is amazing, and I can't watch it because it's just it. Uh, yeah, it, it kills too many brain cells. Speaking of NCISs, too, uh, NCIS New Orleans, competent show. Scott Bakula gets to smile, so I'm happy about that. Better and than he gets Enterprise. a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I maintain that it would be a much more entertaining show if it were Scott Bakula and a cartoon alligator who walked on two feet and spoke with like a crazy Cajun voice and was always <laughs> hungry. But they're solving crimes. Is, is it an alligator only Scott Bakula can see? No, no, uh, it's a talking oh, alligator. Oh, it, no, it's a talking alligator. Oh, yeah. so what we hoped Miami Vice would be. Yeah. And, and Emerald is their lieutenant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, La, it, Scott and Bakula Rice is, is there Lafayette for when there's Saint a supernatural Pierre problem. And the... The alligator is Atchafalaya Fontaine, you know, and they just solve crimes. They probably have a convertible. It'd be awesome. Drew Brees drops in every now and again to give them, like, tips. Yeah. I mean, frankly, just NCIS Treme. I'd watch that. Sure. Get David Simon on the line. I'm sure he'd love to be That's part right. of an NCIS oh, he, he franchise. Yes. <laughs> David Simon. When, when I think CBS procedural, I think David Simon. That would be kind of brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be what a combination. Leslie Moonvis says, hey, David Simon, I, I think we should be in the David Simon business. And David Simon <laughs> says, uh, okay. <laughs> David Simon presents Steady Paycheck. Yep. <laughs> Turns out he tr- signed away the DVD rights to The Wire. <laughs> so, damn it. <laughs> so, CSI The Wire. Um, I wanted to mention I wanted to mention a show that I, I really enjoyed, which is Jane the Virgin. Also on the CW. Oh, no, I can't wait to watch it. It is that. a. I haven't had time. So yet. you know, Ugly Betty was a was a telenovela turned into an American show that was very broad and 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 uh, soapy and telenovela. And what I love about Jane the Virgin is that it is unabashedly from a telenovela, and actually telenovelas figure in the background plot of the show, and yet it keeps an emotional. Um, realism that uh you probably couldn't do if you were spending all the time everything heightened and over the top and jane at the center the 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 character is a a really interesting uh grounded person and even though her scenario and the idea is that she's she's saving herself for marriage and then in mm-hmm. a series of unfortunate events she is accidentally inseminated so she becomes pregnant um at the doctor's office at the doctor's office and the doc it turns out the doctor is the sister of the the father of the baby and the there there is the telenovela effect of everybody being connected to everybody else in some way but to keep that kind of pot boiling plot advancing while also keeping some really genuine moments of character and emotion is quite a magic trick and they've managed to do it where like the characters are likable they all have motivations characters that could be cardboard cutout villains suddenly are you understand why they're doing what they're doing and even if you don't agree with it that you like you you like the 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 father of the baby his wife 
is so easily could have been a caricature and a, and a villain, and yet uh, you actually kind of feel for her after two episodes. So um, I'm really liking it. I think it, I think it's very good. And if you're not uh, if you're not watching it because you think, well, one, it's on the CW, two, it's not about superheroes, <laughs> and three, it's probably uh, it's based on a telenovela, so it's probably ridiculous. It's not. It's it's really good. It's charming, and that's not it a, is. that's not a word I use much for TV. I use that a lot, charming. but you use it less <laughs> sparingly. So it it is, and and, and you know, yeah. casting goes a long way. Uh, it's funny. Yes, the, the, and she is fantastic. She she um, because oh she's gosh. living in this in the telenovelas as a part of her her life, living with her mom and her abuela. Uh, she's on the bus, and like the guy in the billboard for the telenovela, like talks to her and winks at her and things, and it, mm-hmm. and he's the narrator. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just it, the way it's done. It could it could so easily have been done wrong, and instead it's like every decision is the right decision, and you end up with this show that is able to walk that line of like honoring the, these kind of crazy plots and broad ideas of the telenovela while being um, grounded. I, I don't know how they do it. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I recommend it, Jane the Virgin. You should check it out. David said David said it was it was uh, it was good in words that I overused. So there you go, David. Good job. <laughs> I think Blackish is a half decent show. I was the other yes. one I was going to mention. That was I, the other one I wanted to. I, it's say was yes. I, I laughed. I, I watched. I've watched the first two or three episodes of that. And I think the second episode. I laughed so hard that I cried twice <laughs> in one episode. And that is, I don't do that to comedies. And and I, I've been yeah. really impressed with Blackish. Yeah, Lawrence Larry Fishburne, Fishburne is fantastic. Oh my god! Great. And pops, with just a look, sometimes. Pops. Anytime you agree with Pops as a character on that show, you may be thinking you're confident. You are on the wrong side of history. <laughs> but it's so he's so good. What's well, like the the last episode was about uh, spanking and to spank or not to spank, and and Anthony Anderson's character decides he's not going to, and he's and and so everyone is watching the door to the room. And and all of a sudden they hear the, the the kid start crying and bawling his eyes out. The door opens. And he comes out, and and Larry Fishburne says, "What did you do?" He said, "Well, I I I didn't spank him. I I told him, you know, I talked with him. Dad said I disappointed him." And Larry Fishburne <laughs> picks the kids up, pick, picks the kid up, and says, "I told I I didn't tell you to break his spirit." <laughs> Carries him off. <laughs> and and oh my god, I I love it. It it's got all the um. I feel like it's got it, it's in the same vein as Modern Family, and that's yeah, why no, being par- par- it paired it's... with it is a good idea. But yes. it, it, it shows you you can do a show that's actually got a premise and that's about something while while never really compromising on making good jokes because it, it is about Anthony Anderson, who's also really likable, uh, fun character, um, a good just I, I really like that character, even though he's often wrong, which is actually one of the things I really like about. It reminds me a little bit of Bernie Mac. Um, and that that show, mm-hmm. which also had uh, some of the same people working on it, Larry Wilmore, Larry Wilmore, who's going to yes. be uh, Stephen Colbert's replacement, is on is on this uh, on this show as a writer, and he's really funny, and he basically masterminded Bernie Mac. So yeah, they they brought him in to sort of ease the way because it's a, a first time show creator, right? And and he basically said, I don't need to do anything here. This is this is <laughs> solid, and that's why after like three episodes, he was off doing. The, the minority report. Minority which is report, yeah. yeah my, my, my only problem with the show is they got a couple kids too many. But uh, there are, the, yeah. I forget how many kids there are. <laughs> and then there, too yeah, many is the answer. Too least. many is always the answer on any yeah, TV show. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm not a crackpot. It, but it, they are really good kid <laughs> actors. I gotta say, it, they are they are good, and, and and I feel like like with Modern Family, um, you you're sort of getting the idea of where the kids slot and what their story arcs are going to be and how they how they fit together. And over time, I think it's going to make more sense. Like because in Modern Family, I I appreciate the the kids are all different, and it just took a little time for me to to keep track of them all. But it's it's a it's a really uh, really good funny funny show, and at a point where Modern Family is has sh- is showing its age, Blackish seems really really fresh, and um, there are lots of different ways to just have the idea that this is a ultimately it's not even about the the father being concerned about the racial identity of his kids. It's sort of like again, it's the father is really being concerned about what what his kids are doing, and he his ideas are not entirely based in. Um, in reality, and that leads to comedy, which is actually a lot of fun. And yet, his heart's in the right place. It's it's a it's a really good show. And if you've ever liked like Modern Family or something like that, it's uh it's worth your time. I I, I found it really really funny. So yeah, what else? What what else we have? Did anybody else see? Anybody else watch any of A to Z? Yeah. Yes, I'm, I I have it in, queued up. Um, That's actually pretty good. I would say I I don't you know, know if it'll last, but it's you well know how written. that show would benefit is if um, it kind of reminds me of Ben and Kate in the sense that you have a really easy and amiable cast chemistry, and they are better than the material they're given. Yes, um, and and they're pushing too hard on some points, and they really and, and the sidekicks keep running away with the show because just like Lucy Punch basically walked off with a lot of episodes of Ben and Kate. Um, the two actors whose names I have not bothered to learn yet, who are the besties of the two cutie pooty lovebirds, are 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 super funny in any subplot they're in. They are funny. I, although I would argue that some of the later episodes they take their shtick gets a little less sticky as it goes along, yeah. which I think is yeah. a positive. Yes. They're growing as characters, which I find interesting and gratifying. Because the episode where they decide that all right, fine, we hate each other, but because our friends are together, we will pretend to like each other around our friends. Like that was that that showed growth, and I was like, "Hooray!" Um, the two elements I'm wildly undecided on. I'm not sure how I feel about the crazy CEO of the dating company because I feel like they're playing her a little too broadly, and I'm not sure how I feel about the weird dating IT people who pop up and and deadpan things and then pop off again. Well, look at us—we're quirky nerds. Um, I feel like that's kind of geek blackface, and I don't like it. Yeah. After after watching the pilot, the twelve year old looked at it and went, "Oh, it's faux. I met your mother." And I went, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. But it's not bad. Rom com, you know. Rom- I mean, uh, Manhattan yeah. Love Story was also this premise, more or less. Right? I should also so. point out, I find it incredibly disorienting that Katie Sagal is narrating it too. So, yeah. like, Katie Sagal's the narrator. I find it incredibly disorienting because I, I watch her be evil <laughs> one night a week on Sons mm. of Anarchy. So, I like to imagine they're the of- same. Yeah, the yes. same that she goes on the run from the MC and starts narrating sitcoms for uh, ABC. I'm I'm a fan um, of both the leads who I think are very charismatic and have really good chemistry. Yeah. Um, oh, he yeah. was great Kristen, on Mad Men. Yeah, uh, and, and um, Kristen Ben Miliotti. Feldman and Kristen Miliotti yeah. are both really really good. Well, the, and the mother. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. The they they are both very they are both very good. They're very good together. Um, and I I agree. I mean, there's some elements of that haven't quite sold yet. I kind of like the the vignette approach that they're taking even though because it's the kind of thing that you know 10 years ago uh a network never would have done was like well there's kind of a hard limit to how long this show can go on and yes you can find ways around that 
Um, but in some ways, if like if this was one show that lasted twenty six episodes and they followed their conceit all the way through, I like that would be that would be fine. There's no need to yeah. string it out into like ten seasons of a show. But and I and I like that I appreciate that they're willing willing to take willing to go a little bit bizarre and nerdy at times. Like there's a Back to the Future reference in the first episode. Yes, the hoverboard is actually really funny. kind of hilarious. Um, yeah, and that's I, I like I like the stinger with the hoverboard that was great. Right, and, and that whole little subplot where like he has to go find out that the hoverboards don't really exist from Leah Thompson is like it's yeah. clever and it's a little bit out of the box and it's not just your same pat like rom com and you know I think it, it it's I feel like it had it had a leg up on a lot of your traditional romantic comedy sitcoms. One one thing speaking of stringing it out, one thing I'll give it over how I met your mother is. We know he's going to end up with the right woman this time. <laughs> Unless she dies in the final episode. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> Burn. How yeah, do you mean? Um, that scab no, just I'm... healed, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to watch it for this season. Huh? And um, I have the Marry Me show queued up with Ken Marino and Casey Wilson, and I haven't gotten around to that one yet. I'm kind of curious to see how that goes. I am enjoying that. Um, oh, good. I'm glad to hear. I was worried that it might be a little bit too much of Casey Wilson doing the the, 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 the spastic physical comedy, I'm a hot mess but adorable anyway thing. That kind of happens in the pilot, but she settles down. Of course it did. Oh, good. And good. good. How's Ken Marino? He's great. What do you mean? Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm... Oh, come on. I love this date as much as the next person. I'm, I'm just... How, how is he? Like, is he... Is, is, he, is he goofy like, or is he charming? Exactly. Yeah. Is he both? Um, is he neither? He's kind of both. Is it and... men behaving badly, Ken Marino, or is it a better Ken Marino? <laughs> it's a better Ken Marino than that. It's. Wow. I mean, he, he's been acting with a lot of ladies lately in like mm-hmm. Hot Wives of Orlando and. Um, oh God, that was so that funny. other show. I love <laughs> that series. The other the, show, uh, that one, uh, Burning Love. Uh, mm-hmm. See, what I remember him most was from Reaper, where he and Michael Ian Black were both demons and life partners. He does a very good job when Casey Wilson freaks out Casey Wilson style of convincing you that he would forgive her. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got those on the list. Uh, anything else? Any other new shows? That it's we- a show I haven't watched, but that I'm fascinated by. Bad Judge. Oh, Bad haven't Judge. Wa- haven't ah. watched it. Not going to watch it. But th- this is that still on? Yeah, it, it fills the place in my heart that House left because I've never seen an mm-hmm. episode of House, but I love doing <laughs> House promos, <laughs> and now I like doing Bad Judge promos. Where this week on Bad Judge, Bad Judge is a bad judge. <laughs> Objection! Excessive sexiness. Objection sustained. Bad Judge. Thursday, the objection is sustained for more than four hours. <laughs> Apparently, a group of of lawyers has uh, has uh, demanded that Bad Judge be canceled. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're giving us Bad Judges a bad name, Bad Judge. Uh, <laughs> plus, plus they had the uh, the promotional photo of it with um with Kate Walsh, and she had puppet legs. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that was amazing. What the hell is the wrong with Kate Walsh's legs? My goodness. So bad judge, I re- please America keep watching bad judge so I can do bad judge jokes without <laughs> okay. ever having watched the show. That's a good, good, uh, good tip. Did, uh, did, another one, yes. Uh, another one that I'm I'm watching as as a hostage Stockholm syndrome thing. The the ten year old is also hooked on the mysteries of Laura. Oh no! Which, yes, which uh, NPR's Linda Holmes uh, christened uh, cop mom mom cop, and she has an amazing <laughs> theme song for it. 
Uh, I will find oh, the link cop to mom, it. Mom, cop. And okay. and yeah, mm-hmm. she's a cop, she's a mom. Cop mom, mom cop. <laughs> I was gonna say everybody hates that it. show. All critics hate that show, and yet people yeah. seem to be watching it because people yeah. like Deborah Messing. I guess. I, I, I do mean, they? Who? Again, I again. Don't, is there anyone in the wild who actually does? I don't. I don't think that's true. Jason. The, the biggest mystery of Laura <laughs> is why anyone watches the show. I watched I every guess. episode of Smash. I don't recall liking Deborah. No, Messing. no. no. I watched well, every episode of Smash too. I, I finally said, you know, why are you watching this thing? Oh, my God. I mean, okay, it's got mysteries. Okay, you know, fine. It's got Laura. But it's got Laura. <laughs> what do you want? And, and, you know, it's like, do, is it that you like her? Well, she yes, yes, I like her. And, and she's a horrible mom. Oh, well, okay. She is in the show, but fine. That's why are you watching this again? We, we I want to feel better about my own parenting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, it's, it, it's kind of amazing just how awful the character is to everybody else in the show. And they all just go, oh, that's Laura. Brilliant detective. And I wonder if she can figure out who's going to kill her first. Yeah. Now, see, I'd watch that show. I, uh, I wanted to mention the, uh, this section of the podcast is Doctor Who actors doing fake American accents section. Oh, yes. so they're oh, selfie with Karen selfie. Gillan. And, and which, oh, is, which is cut that loose partway through the first episode. Oh, it's such a terrible, terrible. Thing. Well, my my oh. my understanding. God, I sound like an old woman. When I said such a well, terrible the, thing. The, oh, <laughs> that nice Doctor Who girl, so not good in this not show. Not good in the selfie. Oh, that nice John Cho. Someday he'll find the. Well, right here's show. here's the here, here's the thing. <laughs> you know, uh, Karen Gillan and John Cho, they're likable actors. And, yeah. So why are they stuck in this dog? And I, they never my, killed a guy. My understanding is that the is that the pilot is worse than the regular episodes. But the pilot is like literally, we dare you to watch the show because yeah. you're going to hate everybody who's on it, and it's, it seems a little misguided for mission for the pilot. It's, yeah. it's like somebody said, "What if we stripped out all of the sharp and funny and humane insights that My Fair Lady yes. had?" Yeah, and then. What we're left is the story of a man bullying a woman until she turns into what he wants. And someone else said, greenlight that sucker. It's, it's, it's ba- it is a breathtaking tour de force of misogyny in under half an hour. It is, it is the first, when I watched it through, the first thing I thought was, wow, they, they, they really are doing their part too. Cause this woman, the, the, the protagonist is, she's basically internalized every message she's ever gotten via advertising. You have to look this way. You have to act this way. People will only like you if you have, if you acquire, if, if you do this female performance where you're sexually available and attractive and not a deep thinker and you're, you're not in touch with your feelings and superficial. And so she internalizes these messages. She acts on them and she's held up as, and reviled as an object of derision from everybody who meets her. It's, it's, it, it is literally the illustration of women can't win for losing. And then the rest of the episode is people busy telling her what's wrong with herself and how she deserves not to have human contact or meaningful connections with anybody. And in order to be a part of the human race, she has to radically reconfigure everything about herself. It's, it's, it's infuriating. I, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've like my head is, I've, I'm busy finding the pieces of my head that are all over the porch. Cause the more I think about this show, the, the, the more vile I think the premise is. Cause again, like in the original, my fair lady, part of the point was that Henry, Henry Higgins was, uh, just as blinded by his own inability to perceive people who were not him as human beings. And and the joke was, is he's always, oh, these inferior people, I'll pull them up from the muck. Whereas he couldn't see that, that his lack of humanity was much, much worse. And 
Eliza had her own inherent dignity because she was somebody with a rich in her life and aspirations and goals. And her willingness to work with Henry Higgins was her was a really shrewd move and a little bit of an emotional evolution. None of that is in this. And what's amazing to me is this is from the creator of Suburgatory, which they canceled and gave her this instead. And that was a show about maintaining your individuality and maintaining, you know, being who you were in, in the midst of everybody else conforming. And this is almost the opposite thing. And it never. Well, it, the thing it, is about suburgatories, it was really nuanced about how, how it treated women's expectations, though, because in the last few, in, in the last run of episodes, it shows how Dallas was really effectively hemmed in and, and yes. stunted as a person because she had always tried to, to do an exterior performance of femininity and it had hurt her as a person. And so she had to basically strip down who she was and start over again. And they did a great job of pointing that out. Mm-hmm. And they did a great job of pointing out that Dahlia could put on a performance as a hyper consum- as a hyper consumer and sexually accessible person. But she also had deep reserves of competence and she knew herself inside and out. And she had a full and interesting emotional life. And one of the things I liked about surrogatory is that Tessa comes to this place with all these prejudices intact and she learns over and over again that there are different and equally viable ways to be a fully realized person. And this show is basically the exact opposite of that. Counterpoint, uh, Suburgatory also had a lot of, that show gave into a lot of bad instincts. Uh, yes, and it sound, yes. It, and it, it sounds like from what you're worked. telling me about a lot of those bad instincts are on display in uh, in Selfie. Yeah. I, I also in this category the other the other show the other answer we would have accepted is Grace Point, which is uh. the shot for shot remake <laughs> of a perfectly good show called Broadchurch, featuring David Tennant in the same part except with a fake American accent. There's and, no reason to watch Grace Point ever. There is, and it's because northern, very northern California is gorgeous, and I want to live there permanently. And until I can, I will just drink in the scenery. And and all you have to deal with is child murder to look at the pretty pictures. <laughs> yeah, well, as long as it's not my kid, the, the, make it child actors, and I'm the in. Point, the point is. Is, uh, they already made this exact show, and that show was better. And unless you don't understand English accents, you should probably just watch Broadchurch because it's the same show. They, they, you know, I can see. All right, let's make something inspired by it, and you know, and they say, oh, and the story's changing. It's going to be yep, a little different. But the first but five episodes change. are identical. Yeah, seven. It doesn't seven change episodes, until the right. seventh. Yeah, I'm not going to last that long. No, God. Yeah, Even seven, for tenant. seven out seven out of seven. You know, the first last two episodes, I guess, will slightly diverge so that the the solution is different to the mer- But you just watch Broadchurch; it's good. David Tennant does his actual proper Scottish accent. It's got Olivia Colman in it. Cole- oh God, I read about this show. It sounds so awfully depressing. It, it is totally. Sure it's it great, but it, sounds it is spectacularly it is. depression depressing, but really great. And you know, Olivia so is, so is Grace, Grace Point. So you know, because it's the same. Show also, um, uh, who who else is in that? That's that's so great. Arthur Darville is in. David Bradley though is uh, heartbreakingly yeah. great. As yeah. uh, you may know him as uh, Filch from Harry Potter, he is uh, fantastic in Broadchurch. Very sad. Uh, so those are my those are my Doctor Who actors doing inexplicable American accents. <laughs> Any other new shows we should cover before we we wrap this up? Because I feel like we 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 are. Uh, Rapidly running out of time, and we have so many shows that we've been talking about. It's amazing. Well, you know, I'm I'm looking at a list. We've hit almost all of them. The only things which we ones have we not hit yet? We have not hit Stalker, and don't need no, to. No, really. wow, that that you can't. I can't even watch that based on the ads because the ads are yeah. so. What is wrong so with unpleasant. Kevin Williamson these days? How did he go from Dawson's Creek to this? And also, that just got a full season renewal. Um, of course, it did. Madam Secretary. 
No. That's not a show. You made that up. <laughs> That's not a real show. That's a Simpsons episode. What are you talking about? Bad cabinet secretary. She's a lady and a secretary. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the only other thing is Christella, which I haven't seen yet. Oh, yeah. I want to rec- I want to see a few of those. I've heard okay I, things I about it. I want to see how it goes. Yeah. It's, it, it, people who have who watch TV for a living have said it's, it's, it's watchable, so I want to yep. try it. And then the only other thing I can think of that's coming soon is uh, Marvel's Agent Carter. So excited really for that. I am excited about that. That's going to be yeah. super fun. I want to see that. I'm actually surprised at how well Marvel, the, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has managed to turn itself around. Because it was kind of in the weeds for a while last year. Yeah, and aside yeah. from the inexplicable continuation of Sky being on my screen, it's been really good this yeah, year. I, 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 I agree. It's been pretty straight. Like, I mean, since the whole Winter Soldier tie-in, I feel like it's, yes. Yes, it's done. It's maintained a pretty steady pace. And it's, it's done I know. Much Nuking better. S.H.I.E.L.D. was like the best thing I'm really done. liking that show. Yeah. They yeah. took the leash yeah. off. Like that was. It, it's very clear now. Looking back, like all right, you know, you guys can run this show, but you can't really do anything important for about the first half of the first season. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, really boring. Uh, and, okay, <laughs> and no interesting characters. And uh, now, yeah, I just I just watched the one. What was the last week where where um, uh, Tyra from Friday Night Lights is Mockingbird, yeah. and I'm like, oh my yeah. god, awesome. <laughs> where where why was this not on last year? This is so great. And they they've expanded yeah. the ensemble, and uh, they're like the other characters are much more interesting than the original well, characters. And they do it's, great job with the well i mean i think they've even done a great job of of modifying you know the characters from the first season i mean i think yeah. fitz fitz's arc in the in this season has been really i thought his scene with ward yeah. was like one of the best yeah uh scenes oh, i've yeah. seen this season oh, yeah. it's just i mean it, it's definitely i it's hard to it's really hard to figure out but it is it is the one of few one of the few shows i've ever watched where it's like a light switch was flipped Oh, it yeah. went weird. from yeah. being terrible to being great really quickly. Yeah. I am delighted yeah. by Kyle MacLachlan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. In anything, really, but in yeah. this, yes. Oh, well, yeah. it's great. Oh, I mean, Kyle, yeah. we want you to come in and be friendly, but super creepy. <laughs> oh, you're doing and it already. Like, this is my oeuvre. <laughs> this is what this I do. This is my bread. Yeah. Although in that, in that, I kept waiting for him to say, Diane, it's been about 10 days since I've been waiting you here for my secret daughter. Been, <laughs> poor Reed Diamond has to play an evil Nazi. I have been really enjoying is, is Reed, Reed Diamond. Yeah, Reed Diamond, Diamond is evil Nazi. Nazi. Come on. Reed Diamond mm-hmm. is the immortal Nazi. It's just delightful. Yeah. Like every time he's on the screen, I'm like, this is the role you were born to play. <laughs> Cop on the edge. <laughs> I will always think of him as as Terry from the, from the Shield. But other than that. For like the 10 minutes he was don't, on the no, no, no spoilers. <laughs> I still think of him as Detective Kellerman. Ace Kellerman. He's the cop on the yeah. edge from Always Homicide. Yeah. Yeah. Always They used to Mark call him Kellerman. Opie. He was so, so baby-faced, yeah. remember? And then Opie did bad things. He did. I will say that oh. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does not know what an obelisk is. <laughs> this is <laughs> Call true. that thing anything you want, but it's, it's not, not an, an obelisk. obelisk. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no. I, again... My only problem is, is I find Sky to be the least interesting of that oh, team, yeah. and yeah. I hate that they're like, oh well, clearly she's she's the reason everybody gets up in the morning, and I'm just done with it. What oh, they've my done God. that's good with that character is they've made her useful and not useless, and so she seems she seems capable and functional, and and although I don't really like her uh she's yeah. useful she's useful now where before she i like i didn't like her and she was useless so it's like why are you on the screen go away the process of making her useful has involved throwing out everything we already knew about her yes she's well, no I, longer a hacker which used to be all she did i endorse this plan because she was not interesting i start by getting rid of her then i get rid of ward yep 
Then we've mm-hmm. got. Oh, I know. love Evil Ward. Come on, Evil Ward is great. Well, but he's <laughs> not Evil Ward. Ward anymore. Now he's just apologetic Ward. Oh, I. Come on, and like like he's not gonna get out halfway through the season. This, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that is that is just like it's like Chekhov. It's like Chekhov's ward, guys. But Dan, he's not gonna get out and be evil though. This is the only way to redeem. Unless they're uh, killing off that character and that actor, what they're going to do because that's what they do on ABC. Once they, they actually your, kill the actor, they actually kill the actor. Yeah, uh, it's a little known fact <laughs> about Disney. Money. Uh, it's been a Disney policy for a long time. Anyway, before uh, if they don't <laughs> kill really Ford, what he's going to do is he's going to escape, and then he's going to do something that proves that he's actually telling the truth, and then everybody's going to be like, "Well, I guess we can trust Ward after all," and then everything's going to be okay again. That, mark my truth. words. He's literally a Nazi who killed a bunch of people on their team last season. Yep. I'm pretty sad that Bill that Bill Paxton is not around though, because he was like a real shot in the <laughs> yeah. arm for that show last year. He was every minute he was on, I was clapping. His, ex- his exit was pretty fantastic though and yeah. but i loved his ending that was yeah. such a perfect oh, yeah. ending where, where just like anything. oh look it works so last last <laughs> fall yeah. we did this episode and we we talked about how boring and uninteresting agents of shield was and it's interesting mm-hmm. that we get get here this year of like they turned it around in a way that is surprising because it really was not yeah. good and if you haven't watched agents of shield i would say watch the first couple and then figure out which episode happened right after. Uh, I would start with about nine or ten, ep- like episode ten of last year. I would year. tweet one of yeah, us yeah. and ask us questions. But, yes, yeah. do that. Whichever one happened well, after Captain America is right where it got I, good. I, I will say this, which is that the shows that I look forward to the most every week now are the comic book shows. Yeah, I mean, yeah. between the Flash, Arrow, Agents of Shield, and you know, I'm interested in Constantine as well. I feel like the strangely strong performing shows out there from the comic book genre. Well, if you're going to be like that, Walking Dead also counts as a comic book show. I'm still enjoying that. Yeah. And Brooklyn Nine Nine, Andy, Andy Samberg is basically a cartoon. So yeah, I, oh I, God, I will, I will I watch Terry Crews do so anything. Much. Still, oh, I love Terry Crews and Terry Crews. The Halloween Two episode. Oh, oh wow. my God, that was insane. so. That was the brilliant thing about that was watching that and realize the guy that they, they bring in to play the pickpocket is yes. Apollo Robbins, who is a noted yes. pickpocket, who I saw speak like a month ago and is awesome. And they totally underutilize him in some ways, but like he is really that good. But it was just right, yeah. yeah that's a great show. Yeah. All right, anything before we go, anything else one of people want to throw out there really fast? That would be your chance. Watch Bob's Burgers. Okay. Yes, yes I agree. Yes. I endorse Bob's Burgers. That's a very good And like show. I said, if you're watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you get confused, just tweet yeah, us. We'll, yeah, we'll answer we'll your yeah. questions. Yeah. We'll answer all of your comic book-related questions, actually. Yes. Between, yeah, you I'll, can, I'll field those. Yeah, good, Phil. Yeah. We, we know how Phil is. If you have questions book. about Scorpion or CSI Cyber, ask Phil. Mm-hmm. Or a bad judge. <laughs> yeah, I'll answer all your bad judge questions. <laughs> please. Yeah. Oh, my God. Please, guys. Please send him all your bad yeah. judge questions. Exactly. It's a gift to all of us. All right. Uh, I'm going to wrap up the uh, fall TV uh, reviews episode for now and forever until next year when we do it again (laughs) and see which one of these shows uh, make it. Remember when we didn't like Gotham? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Was that on? Was that a show? (laughs) That feels like that was so long ago. (laughs) I know. It was. Man, once once Batman v Superman came out, that just took off. Totally took took a whole new level. Actually, they're making a Flash movie, and if the Flash stays on the air, people are like, it's like a different Flash. What are they going to do? And it's like, you know what? They're just going to do, they'll do a crossover episode to promote the movie where Flash from Earth 1 meets Flash from Earth 2. And they're like, hey, you're the Flash 2. Oh, wow. So we're both the Flash. High fives. Crisis on Infinite crossovers over on electric shadow i suggested what if what if the flash movie is kind of like their captain america what if it's an earlier flash 
and you have that crossover. Nah, but it's not going to be that. They're just going to do it. It's not going to be that clever. They'll, they'll compl- be completely in parallel, but they won't be able to resist yeah. promoting one on the other, and so they'll do the Earth parallel Earth Flash Crisis, thing. Crisis and Infinite Media. Yeah. Well, that's actually how they could reboot the Green Lantern, though, is they could they could ditch Hal Jordan and just go with somebody John else. John Stewart. Yeah, John Stewart. Played yeah. by John Stewart. No, that would be... <laughs> what? Oh. Hey. Oh. As I'm sure you know, Jason, the Flash is how they invented the Earth 1 and Earth 2 concepts in the first place. And, uh, indeed, I do, uh, Monty, so thank you for that. And, <laughs> oh. and, and Monty, actually, thank you for being on this episode. Thank you, Jason. Lisa Schmeiser, thank you for being here. It was a pleasure. Dan Morin. Thank you for appearing and staying awake and talking about DC comic book TV shows. I've almost finished this show. (laughs) All right. That's good. (laughs) Keep on listening and it'll be over soon. Philip Michaels, thank you for being here. Uh, Yes. Yes. Bad judge. (laughs) Bad judge. Cue it up on your TiVo. (laughs) And David Lord, did I say goodbye to you yet? Not yet. No. Well, goodbye. Well, now you have <laughs> goodbye. That box. <laughs> Beat it, Lore. <laughs> to, to, to everybody out there, uh, thank you for listening. Don't watch Scorpion, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>